0: It's a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. There are seasons in which things ought to be done. When you miss a season to do a particular thing, usually that season never returns. There is a season, for example, that you must marry. If you allow the season to pass and you don't marry, everything else delays. There is a season in which you must be pregnant and have your first child. When you miss the season, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. I know a lady who when she was young got pregnant and aborted a baby because she wanted to finish her school. What she didn't know then was that you could still have your child and after that go back to school. She aborted a baby. Then when she got married, she never got a child again. She missed her season. There is a season to sow. When the season to sow passes, you have to wait for another season. Christmas offers us a season to do some things. So, when the Christmas atmosphere comes and you don't do what God expects, you miss the season. Christmas is a season of giving. It's a season of showing appreciation and thanksgiving to first God and then to people. Christmas and the end of year is the time to show appreciation to your pastors. People who have been there, who have ministered to you and have given you spiritual covering. Not only pastors. There will be some deacon in the church who is a mother figure to you or a father figure to you. Christmas is a season to show that father, that mother some appreciation. Maybe the person may not even be a deacon, but just an ordinary member. But the kind of encouragement she gives you or he gives you, oh my goodness gracious me. It, it, this is an opportunity. If you miss this opportunity, it may not come again. God himself is a traditionalist when it comes to giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For unto us a child is born and for unto us a son is given. So God is traditionally a giver culturally, he's a giver. And so anybody who is a giver has the spirit of God or practices the traditions or the principles of God. Can I say that again? God is a giver. So anybody who is inclined to give you, who loves to give, is traditionally a product of God. You have God's spirit inside of you because God is a giver. Now your parents also taught you how to give. Remember when you were growing, the first Language they taught you was the language of thank you. Midasi. To the extent that when we were young, when we refused to say thank you, the toffee that they had given to us, they took the toffee from us until we said thank you. They said, bring it. Say thank you. Reluctantly, you have to say midasi, thank you, before the toffee is restored to you. Why? Our parents were building the tradition and the custom of showing appreciation. Because anybody who shows appreciation it's a person that walks in graceful gratitude. When you walk in gratitude, you are not a sick person. When you walk in gratitude, you don't envy people. You are not envious. When you walk in gratitude, you are not a jealous person. When you walk in gratitude, you do not covet what others have. You wait for your time. When you have the spirit of gratitude, whatever God does for you, you are content. Those who have the spirit of gratitude, their marriages are solid because whatever their spouses do for them, they appreciate And so it makes the relationship strong and solid. We in Royal House Chapel, around this season, because we want to follow our master's footsteps, number one, 26 December, we go to the streets and we bring people who have no food to eat and we bring them over here and feed them. Every year we'll be doing these things. Second, our youth, every December, visit Akusa prisons. They go with cooked food and go and eat with the prisoners. Work, sweep. Prisoners. What spirit is this? It's the spirit of giving. Appreciation. Now what you didn't know was that anything you do for God, when you give God a sacrifice, your blessing is in a sacrifice Your protection resides in the the, the sacrifice. Your next level resides in your sacrifice. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. Now, it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham. Other version said, and after these things, God tested the faith of Abraham. God tested Abraham's faith. Faith that does not go through tests. It's a faith that does not receive reward. Any life that does not go through the test of trials, that life does not receive anything from God. So God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Verse number two, he then said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. So Isaac here is the sacrifice. So number one, here is the description of the sacrifice take your only sacrifice so when god wants something from you he wants something even if it is your last even if it's the only one and then number two your only son whom you love and so god will not receive any sacrifice that you don't cherish which which is not it from your heart anything that you do for god which does not come from your heart and you cherish and you honor remember take it from me before you deliver it on the altar god has already rejected it he wants your isaac number 1 your only isaac number 2 whom you love you've got to love it and then he said go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which i will show you lesson number 2 every sacrifice Has an assigned altar. Every sacrifice. God directs you. The particular Moriah. And when you go to Moriah. There are several mountains over there. God then shows you the particular mountain. On which you must put your sacrifice. Let me make make life. Very difficult for you. I'm going to make something difficult for you. You can fight it but it's the truth. Any sacrifice you give to anybody. You saw the person preaching on television. And you felt that the person had the spirit of God. So you go and give the person a sacrifice you have sown on the wrong altar. Wrong, 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 mistaken altar. I guarantee you, that seed is wasted. Wasted. If you see anybody carrying Bible, you don't know the person's spirit. The person prays for you, or gives you some word, and then you take money and you give it to him. Wrong altar, wrong altar, wrong, wrong, wrong. The altar upon which you sow is the altar from which God blesses you. The altar that gives you covering. The order that fits you, that's where. Go to Mount, Mount Morea. There is a particular mountain over there. I will show you. Now, let me prove it. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that this group of mountains in Morea was the same place that Solomon put up the temple? And Solomon went into the temple and offered sacrifices. In the first sacrifice, he offered 1,000. In the night, God came to him. Yeah. When you offer at the right altar, God shows up. He appears. Wrong altar, he doesn't appear. Wrong altar. Wrong altar. Who who, who said to you, you can come and feed here, receive covering here? This is the altar with which you have covenant. Who said to you that you can walk into somebody's house, open the fridge and start taking any mineral you want? Who said that to you? You eat on the altar where you have the covenant. From the first day that you set your heart to pray, Daniel, God already released the miracle. The miracles was just waiting for a season. That was the season the miracle appeared. Last year, you prayed for a visa. You sought for it. And God said, I'm going to give you the visa 22nd January. On 21st, you met a man in the trotterer who says he's a prophet and then prays for you then 22nd your visa came they say ah the man who prayed for me said that's a lie God released the visa from the first that you prayed God was only waiting for 22nd go to Moriah first when you get there I will show you a particular altar That's where this sacrifice is meant for. Because every sacrifice is designed for a particular altar. When Solomon located his altar, the Bible says in the night he was sleeping, and God came to him and said, Solomon, you've touched me. Ask me anything. Ask me anything. That's God. Anytime you find God at the right altar, God appears to you. He gives you a blanket check. Ask me, what do you want me to do for you? And then Solomon said, Lord, I'm young. I'm 20 years old. I have taken over my father's throne. Please give me wisdom. God said, "Ah, Solomon, you have never asked for the life of your enemies, nor long life, nor riches, but wisdom. I have given you more than wisdom riches and honor shall be your portion god was speaking from the altar where the sacrifice was located and isn't it amazing that in the new testament on the day of crucifixion jesus christ when he picked the cross he didn't find any place to land was on golgata one of those mountains in morea That's where the sacrifice took place. Why? Because God himself knows where to locate the right altar for the sacrifice of his son. And you want to sow anywhere, please change your mind. Change your mind. I cannot see any season like the, the first night when God has preserved you and protected you year has ended how can you come to God empty handed how when that season passes you won't get it again January is the month of first fruit where God is expecting every son and every child of his the first salary for the year is the first fruit it is blood money you don't touch that money it's a season when you miss that season you won't get it again me verse 3 so abraham rose early in the morning why early when you have business with god you do god's business with haste early in the morning fasting in the morning why because god has spoken you, you as a child of god it's it's wrong it's it's unacceptable to come to church late because you are dealing with the king of kings the, 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 the creator of your soul. The, the, your life. It's a season. It's an opportunity. You don't miss it. And then he took two of his young men with him. Isaac his son. And then he split the wood for the burnt offering. And then he arose. And went to the place, the place, the place designed for that particular sacrifice. Look at verse number four. Read verse number four with a loud voice. Ready, to go. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now he, he, he was going with some two men. It's amazing. Anytime there's going to be a major God sacrifice, two men must be there and abraham represents the shadow of god's intentions for the world number two the sacrifice of abraham also represents god's required and standard sacrifice anybody who is able to meet abraham's standard of sacrifice can catch the heart of god or touch the heart of god it was in abraham's sacrifice that god took an inspiration god took inspiration god inspiration. God took inspiration. Abraham's sacrifice was that would touch God. So, when you see God's sacrifice in Christ, you will draw very accurate similarities telling you how Abraham affected God, the creator. Shall listen to me. You are sitting here young, nothing. You can touch God. And you can cause God to change his mind Concerning many things When Abraham Decided to take the young man On the day of crucifixion Of Jesus Christ God decided to replicate Abraham's gesture By positioning two armed robbers In the middle of Isaac Christ One on the left and one on the right Two men Then Abraham asked the two men to stay. And then he went on with Isaac to the mountain, to the altar, to the place where the sacrifice must take place. Why? Because sacrifice is a relational gesture. It's a relationship between the father and the son. You and God. Two men must not see. Nobody sees what you do for God. Because God who sees in the sacred place honors and rewards. And because God did not want the two armed robbers to see the sacrifice between him and Jesus. What he did was that the armed robbers were so close. So God shook the earth and asked darkness to cover. So when darkness covered, the armed robbers did not see Then Jesus said, Father, unto your hands I commit my spirit. And then he died. So the two armed robbers even close did not see the sacrifice. Because every sacrifice is an exclusive relationship between the father and the son. Number three. And Abraham journeyed three days journey. And then on the third day he lifted his eyes and saw the place that God had appointed. The Passover lamb in the Old Testament is also separated for a period of three days. From Exodus chapter number 12 Exodus chapter 12, verse number 4. He had instructed them, every household must take a lamb. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Verse number 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Every sacrifice must be whole. Whole. God doesn't want a, a blemish sacrifice. Sick animals. Stolen money, money that does not come from the heart is, is sick, is blemished, is blemished, is contaminated. A sacrifice without love is blemished, and a sacrifice that you are doing for show is blemished. and then a male of the first year now the reason why the animal must be one year is that in the animal kingdom one year is classified maturity and so the sacrifice is a matured sacrifice you may take it from the sheep or from the goats verse number 6 now you shall keep it until the 14th day you pick the animal on the 10th day, keep it to the 14th day of the same month Then the whole assembly of the congregation of israel shall kill it at twilight now watch this you pick the sacrifice on the 10th day and then you keep it on the 14th day so how many days have you kept this speak to the congregation of israel saying on the 10th of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father a lamb for on the 10th and then you keep the animal till the 14th day when you kill it. So how many have you been keeping this animal? Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place. Then on the third day Abraham lifted So how many days has Abraham been keeping Isaac? And the Passover lamb, how many days should it be kept? If it must be killed on the 14th day. So you keep the lamb for 3 days, on the 4th day, the lamb must die. So Abraham kept Isaac for 3 days and lifted up his eyes and saw the place. So most likely, the sacrifice of Isaac might have taken place the following day, which is the fourth day. What is God teaching you? God is saying, when the season to sacrifice comes, you don't wake up on 31st night and then you just ask yourself, uh, uh, 31st 9, open your drawer, look into your purse, or come to church, and when you see everybody going to the altar and giving, you open your purse, that sacrifice is already blemished. God has already rejected it every acceptable sacrifice of isaac you separate it three days before set it apart every passover lamb is set apart he, 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 he don't come to church and when it's time for offering he said oh, oh, oh who said that to you and then as he, he was about to sacrifice god said stop and then I love verse 15. Genesis twenty-two, fifteen, Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven. A second time. A second time. It means that he had called him a first time already. Now any time God calls you a first time he comes with an instruction. A test. Once you pass the test there's a second call. The second call is the one that carries God's honor and God's reward. And God called him a second time. Oh some Christian I'm waiting for my second call. I'm waiting for my second call. Now, now here is the second call. Watch the second call. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing that you have not withheld your sacrifice, your only sacrifice from me. Verse 17. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. And so take note there is a difference between blessing and multiplying. Blessing and multiplying. Now, those of you did a little arithmetic, there's something called factor or denominator. Factor now three times three nine three times four twelve three five fifteen three so you see that the common denominator there is three and then anytime you change the variable there is a multiplication in your life before a multiplication comes there must be a denominator which is the blessing of god god has to bless you from somewhere and then after that there is a multiplication of god's blessing many of you are still at the level and something has to change Something has to change. and I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and at the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. I'm talking about the God who recognizes your sacrifice and decides to bless you and the blessings transcend to your descendants. That's what I'm talking about here: your descendants they will possess the gates of their enemies may your descendants possess the gates of their enemies in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed. That's the second voice. But the first voice comes with a test. And you need to pass the test. And when you pass the test, the second voice comes. And that's where your promotion begins. Your sacrifice holds the key to God's multiplication in your life. Your sacrifice holds the key to God's preservation and protection. I, I remember 2006 every year, I prepare myself, my wife and I and our family, we prepare ourselves and we come to the altar because we know that at the first night, it's a season when you miss, it never returns. So we don't play with it. We don't play with the week of the altar. When we come to the week of the altar and we are fasting and we are praying, we pour our sacrifices. Why? Because I know the devil came to God and said, God, you know what? This Job, he makes two no. Because of the hedge. Because of the protection. Question. How did Satan know that there was a protection and a hedge around Job? Because every time he had attempted to break through the hedge. And then he would go and then something would hit him. He would go and something hits hit him. He comes from this. Ah, there is something around this guy. The secret. Verse. Chapter 1 verse 5. Job offers sacrifices every morning for himself and all his children, saying that perhaps they might have done something against God and so I want to appease God so that my children and my family, we are preserved and we are protected. So it was not until God decided to remove the edge before the devil began, you know, started his har- harassment. Otherwise, he wouldn't have succeeded. 2006, I, I put on the altar I divided the sacrifice into two. I, I believe in prophetic numbers and I believe, I believe that when you are able to understand because numbers are times, seasons and times and when you understand the times and seasons you become like Issachar, the sons of Issachar. You know what to do at any material time. So that year I decided to sow 266. $6,000 Mama Rita and I Six thousand dollars, my children. Twelve. Then I put it on the altar. God. Supposing I sold for myself alone or my wife. That year, July 18, on on the streets of Toronto, we were going to die. Myself and my children. In one bus. We had this as in a pie. The car got in flame. Ambulances came. I said Reverend and Mrs. Kratiankra 6,000 for some reason God would have found a way of taking my wife and I out of the car and my children would have been there. That was my day of deliverance. That was my day. This is a season. There are seasons within which things are done. There is a time to sow. And there is a time to reap. There is a time to marry. And there is a time to give birth. When you miss the season, you have missed your visitation. You do not know. Student, you, your, your father and your mother may not believe in these things that you and I believe in but it. I didn't have a father who believed in giving. So my father, my biological father did not teach me giving. The, the closest my mother did was to take me to church. And I followed my mother and I would go and sit down and then I would listen to the Bible discussions and for some reason I was sharp and intelligent and so all the elders began to say to my mother, watch this, your child. He's very intelligent. He will be great. He will be great. He will be great. He will be great. They started saying, and I didn't even know what was in me. But for some reason, I I just I just love God. I just love God. I came to the office one day, and there was this letter on my table. This guy had been sacked from school, Pope John Secondary School, second year first term. I saw his results. I said, "Brilliant boy! What happened?" He didn't even go to an endowed school. The school he went, he was so intelligent that teachers contributed to take him to secondary school, Pope John's. Bought trunk and chalk box for him. The teachers had to pay his school fees first year. Second year, the teacher said he didn't have money anymore. So that this guy had been driven home. So the teachers wrote to me. I came to the office and I saw the letter. Fortunately, there was a telephone number. I asked that they, they should call the boy. This boy comes and here is a nice, handsome, lanky-looking boy. Quickly, we did the banker's draft and everything, sent to Pope John Secondary School, paid the fees for the whole year, paid for us next year. Resource came, and this guy, in the medical school, I think it's in the fourth year, right, third or fourth year medical school, on the way to becoming doctor. Now watch this, watch this, appreciation. Watch this. This boy comes with his mother and two siblings, to come and show appreciation. He was on the floor, crying, thanking God that his education has been, has been salvaged, you know, uh, saved. Kind of... By the time he finished showing the appreciation, then mother Rita asked the mother, so what does your mother also do? The mother is a petty trader. She ended up with money to increase her capital for her trade. Two, her siblings, by the time they were leaving our house, they had also gotten scholarship. So supposing this guy did not return to show appreciation. We received a, a letter from another guy who carries concrete to pay his school fees. He paid his school fees from GSS 123 and he got Prempeh College. Prempeh College and uh, he didn't have money. He was losing the admission. Somebody came to us, they brought the letter, we saw the letter, we decided to intervene. It was then 48, 48 hours and admissions were closing. We, we quickly managed to get the banker's draft and got everything for him. And then we said, now go to Kumasi, go and pay your school fees, hold the place, and come to Accra, and then come and get uh, your provisions and to go. He said, no, I don't need to come to Accra. I don't need the trunk, I don't need the chopper because if you give me chowbox, I don't know what I will buy into the box. But in Royal House Chapel, we've been receiving trunks and chop boxes from, from, from individuals. So we had some there and we gave him one. Mama Rita took him home and then we opened our storeroom. We gave him conflicts, milk, sugar, this and that. This boy, uh, at that time, Papa had some sneakers in his room. He's got a lot he doesn't use. We went and picked one and gave. When the boy saw the sneakers, he fell down, started crying. Started crying. Cried. Cried. He finishes premier College and, and, and oh Jesus Christ he decides to join the police force and to go to school at the same time. So he's at the University of Ghana then they open admissions for the police service he went in, he came out the best, the best overall best uh, cadet guess what? Guess what? Royal House Chapel has police services and they send police officers to come and guard here every night. We went there one day, and here was this school fees we, we paid. The police force has posted him to come and watch Royal House Chapel. The church that gave him the education. Planting the seed at the right season. Don't let anybody deceive you. Giving is a godly tradition. Because God himself is a giver. And anybody who is a giver carries the spirit of God. You are a child of God. Anybody who criticizes giving is antichrist. You don't don't have God's spirit. As a matter of fact, if if you don't know how to be appreciative, you, you are an insult to your mother who taught you the first word in life, Thank you. It is a fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. For an additional copies of this and any other life-changing CDs, please look up the address on your CDs. Royal House Chapel International touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you.